Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between a Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças, as always, with me, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano Oliveira, como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? Fantastico, pa. I mean, we're back on a Benfica podcast after another thrilling win. Benfica's on a roll. We're on a roll. Couldn't be happier. I mean, I look forward to Tuesday evenings uh, all season long. I mean, this is spectacular. We could not have asked for anything better. So I'm just ecstatic that uh, we're here to share these thoughts with our beautiful listeners. Um, and they're just excited to talk about a, another masterclass uh, from our Glorioso boys. Dave de Oliveira is also here. What's happening, Dave? You know, I share the same sentiments as Cristiano. It's it's the end of February here in Canada. The sun is shining. The palm trees are swaying. It's just a beautiful day outside and just another great night to be talking about uh, Benfica on the Benfica podcast. That's right. On tonight's podcast, episode number 399 is what we're up to. Uh, we will uh, look back at uh, Arsenal, Farense, and uh, Riwav, uh, which Riwav is, is, comes up uh, next. But let's get right into it. Uh, Benfica played uh, Farense. Uh, I'll give you the lineup. Helton Leite, Gilbert, Otamendi, Vertonghen, and Tavares. Gabriel and Tarapt. Rafa on one side, Everton on the other. Uh, Seferovic. I'm sorry. Walsh, Seferovic, and, and, and Darwin um, up front. So Benfica continues their, their, their absolute demolishing of this first league. 15 points now clear of second place Sporting. And uh, this game was just another shellacking by Benfica. And the, the run continues. Six, nothing for Benfica. Cristiano. Which is the, only the only surprise here, guys, is that Sporting is in second place. I can't believe that they've jumped Porto because coming into the season, we didn't anticipate this. So, I mean, this has been absolutely arrasar todo mundo, just like our boy JJ predicted in the preseason. Um, again, a fantastic performance by the boys. I'm so thrilled that they've all been able to get on the same page. And it's just, you know, smooth sailing since day one. My boy Adel Terap running the show. Darwin. I mean, come on, Alfredo. Did any of us anticipate this guy will be leading the league in goals right now? I mean, I understand we spent a lot of money, but Dave, 30 goals is still 30 goals with about 14 games to go. It's been extraordinary. And, you know, Tazon Cavani. that's When you got Darwin, no need for, for, for Cavani. An absolute uh, brilliant performance by Darwin, a guy that came into Benfica as as the highest ever uh, signing by Benfica and signing uh, and also record for the league. He's 
absolutely been demolishing this league and, and some big sharks are looking at him. Uh, he would also score on a penalty kick. He is now our official penalty taker, uh, in the fifth penalty that we've gotten this season. Dave, what'd you think of the game, brother? I mean, what's there to complain about? I know we weren't champions at Christmas time, but at least we're champions by Valentine's Day. So we got that to be uh, thankful for. But this uh, Grand Darwin that uh, we all talk about, he is producing. And I don't know if we're going to have him around next season because the big sharks are going to come around and uh, snap this guy up because he's uh, too good to be playing on uh, on our team here the way he's going at it. I mean, one thing, one thing we must talk about here, I mean, as we're talking about just you know the demolishing this this great path that Benfica's been on right um you know a lot of people had doubts about Luis Vieira coming into the election and it's just I mean it's been the guy look he put his money where the, where his mouth is at brought in JJ Darren Cebolinha garota aí galera Pedrinho Pedrinho I mean the guy's been lights out as well when he does play coming off the bench and so I think Luis Vieira needs to, you know, take a bow here because everything has come off uh, stars. You know what I mean? It's been fantastic. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, you know, even his biggest supporters um, expected to, 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 to have so much success so quickly. And I'm just so thrilled that we have another three and a half years of Luis Vieira ahead of our club. I could not be, you know, more excited. I actually, I mean, I'm ready to go, guys. I'm pretty sure you are as well. Can, can we just add another four years to this? Can we just next eight years for Luis Vieira? It's been phenomenal, phenomenal work by him. And um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention his name right now because he's the brains behind all this. He's the guy that had the vision to bring back Jorge Jesus. He's the guy with Paul Gonçalves, another fantastic guy that I'm so excited that he's, you know, silently still involved in our club. And he had the vision to go get Darwin Nunez from Almeria, the, you know, in second division. <laughs> this guy is worth 50 million easily. We're lucky Benfica only paid 25 million for this guy because without him, you know, I, look, team's been performing at a very high level we'd still be in first place but not 15 points ahead of second place sporting so the vision that Luis Vieira has and uh you know the whole there's on frente epa today it's more like 20 on frente pa. yeah and i mean let's talk about darwin got three goals got the hat trick right uh but let's talk about a couple of the guys and and I'll start with, with Rafa Cristiano. Rafa has been absolutely lights out. He has now scored in five consecutive games. He's unplayable at times. He goes through defenses like a hot knife on butter and then tucking away the ball past the keeper, whether it's a cheeky pass or just a well placed shot to the, to the outside post. I, I don't, Rafa is just on fire. I mean, Alfredo. Can't mention Rafa without mentioning once again Luis Vieira. He spent 16 million to go get this guy years ago from Sporting Braga. He had the vision. This is the player that we all thought would show up. Initially, he struggled at first, but right now, I mean, is there a hotter winger in Portuguese football? I think this guy is definitely locked up his spot in Portuguese national team. I think uh, Fernando Santos absolutely has to include him in the starting 11 because right now, everything he touches turns into gold. So I just look, man, it's, we can't say. Um, enough nice things about everyone involved in this Benfica project. It's been yeah. phenomenal. Um, and I'm just thrilled that we're going through this because look, this must be what the Benficistas in the 1960s felt like, right? We're finally getting to feel that joy, right? Success, winning, demolishing everyone. We don't have a Dosevio, okay? But those are hard to come by. But the rest of the team has just been, you know, fantastic. And we don't even, we don't even have the luxury of, of watching Andre Almeida. Just imagine when he comes back, the depth that he's going to add to this club. I mean, it's going to be phenomenal to watch Andre Almeida get along with the rest of these guys. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before we lift the uh, 38 to the next Caneco and just have all the banners around. Stay the lose. It's, it's magnificent. It's just right now, it's just like, yeah, let's count down the games. Keep doing what we're doing. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll need to focus some of our attention into the Europa League because I do think right now having a three nothing lead on Arsenal. And we're definitely one of one of the serious competitors to, to, to bring home the Europa League, which is hopefully, you know, something will be breaking the Bella Gutman curse. And, and, and it's only thank, thankfully to Luis Lipieda, thankfully to Jorge Jesus, these guys, the vision, the motor, the heart, 
the soul behind this club. I'm just glad that we have Benfica back. And, you know, I, I, I now know what my grandfather, my grandparents felt like back in the days. And I just, again, there's not enough nice things we can say, guys. I mean, what else is there to say? And Dave, you can't talk about Rafa without talking about his counterpart. And I know that, uh, that Sibelino Everton was very highly touted as he arrived at Benfica, but the man is absolutely a monster. I mean, his, his goal going through three, four players and, and just chipping it over the keeper. Absolute world class. What'd you think of his performance? He is world class, and there's a reason why they're the Premier team, Premier League teams were uh, looking at him before we got, uh, and we were able to uh, snatch him up. Um, with with uh, Pedrinho uh, taking over the spot there, it uh, I'm glad to see Rafa and his Instagram buddy Pizzi not taking it too seriously. And uh, you know what? These these guys are just picking up the wins, and uh, they're just playing with that that utmost confidence now right now and nobody's taking it too seriously everybody's laughing on the bench everybody's having a good time and Pizzi's not making the starting 11 but he's not making a, a big deal out of it we keep winning we keep getting the three points and life is good in Benfica land I mean in the history of the Portuguese league there's only been one team that Ghana all season undefeated and I believe that was Benfica right do you guys think we're gonna go this season undefeated I mean right now I mean we've been rolling I, I just I don't see a loss on our schedule. What do you guys think? Yeah, look, uh, I, I think for me, this team has absolutely been whole compressor all the way. Um, the other thing that I was thinking, uh, Cristiano, is that how much has Nuntavar's improved, bro? He went from a dud to taking the starting spot from Grimaldo, and he's turned into a versatile player that can shut down any winger on our league. And then on the attacking front, he's a guy that has 10 assists so far. I mean, look, Jorge Jesus called it and he said, this is a future Portuguese national team starting left back. And ever since then, it's like he's elevated his level to, he's elevated his game to the next level. I, I think right now, Rafael Guerreiro, forget about it. Just stay in Dortmund. Don't even bother showing up for, for the Euros because it, it's, it's Nuntavar all the way. He's the most improved player in, in, in the league. Um, and I just don't see how Benfica is going to be able to hold on to this guy because I do think the likes of, you know, Manchester City's and all these other big time clubs who, who are currently looking for left backs, even though City's playing with Cancelo on the left, but we all know he's a right back. But there, there's, there's a realistic chance because there's plenty of rumors out there. We're in, and again, you guys know where there's smoke. There's fire. And so there's plenty of rumors about Nuntavares joining Manchester City and the rest of the Portuguese boys over there. Um, and I just, I see this guy getting better and better and better. It's just, it's been very, very pleasant to watch his, his elevation, his progression. It's just, it's been phenomenal, man. It's been, you know, I could not be happy. I mean, this team is, is really playing, um, to a level that, you know, we all anticipated. When all these crazy signings were coming in in the summer, and I know some of these idiots were criticizing spending a hundred million on these guys. Come on, man! And 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 Luis Vieira, we trust, and Jorge Jesus, and Rui Costa. These guys have been everything we expected and more. So anyone that doubted these guys, shame on you. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I I think uh, the other guy that surprised me a lot, and granted, I didn't watch a lot of Bundesliga. But Walshmit, man, what what a player, man. Between lines, finding spaces, finding little pockets of space. Then that little turn that he did to, to get his goal. Wow, Dave, what, what can you say about this German international? I was always saying that he was the dark horse of the major three signings that we brought in uh, this season. I mean, Darwin got did the... say that. Darwin got the uh, got the high praise for breaking the transfer market. Sibolinga coming in from Brazil had the the Jinga, and I thought uh, Walshmith was coming in as the dark horse, and he's really proved his value, uh, especially in in this uh, last game's performance. Yeah, no, absolutely. This team is like I said, it's absolutely demolishing. Azar, Cristiano, Azar is not even a word. Triple is not even the world. I think it's more quadruple and just absolutely obliterate teams. It's, it's the way this Benfica has been playing. But it, it, look, for those of you that have listened to the Benfica podcast, I've often used the example Burros against Cavalos. And right now, it's all Cavalos, pa. Aqui não há Burros news. É uma corrida de Cavalos e os Cavalos estão todos na equipe do Benfica a usar o manto sagrado and nobody's even coming close to them. The Burros don't even make it onto the racetrack. That's how dominant we've been this season. 
Absolutely. So every every expectation we had at the beginning of the season, we see now coming to fruition, or, or we have seen come to fruition throughout the year. Uh, like Cristiano says, in Luis Felipe Vieira, we trust. In JJ, we trust. And another demolishing by Benfica, 6 nothing against a 15th place uh, Ferenc team who, who has not had a clean sheet in, very, in a very long time. Uh, 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 Clean sheet. It took you a while to get that out. <laughs> for, for a while. Dave, some stats on this game so we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, so Benfica piled on Ferenc's misery, and uh, it's still a while since uh, they've been able to pick up a, a clean sheet. The uh, last uh, clean sheet for Ferenc that they picked up was in uh, 2001, November 25th, against Cristiano's beloved uh, Beira Mar. Yeah, November 25th, that's my birthday, 2001. 2001 was quite a, quite a, quite a year, Dave. You remember 2001? I do. Do you, do you know what the uh, top hits were on uh, November 25th, uh, 2001? I do not. Okay. Well, some of the top hits were Family Affair by uh, Mary J. Blige. Oh, let's get him pump and get that 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 right? Yeah, that was one. Another one. You got it bad by Usher. You got it. You got it bad. This is my jam, bro. Another one was "Hero" by Enrique Iglesias. Oh, I like that one. I could be your hero, baby. If I ask you to dance. Would you run if you saw my face? <laughs> and finally, the uh, other top hit at that time was Because I Got High by Afro Man. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> I was going to go to school, but then I got high. <laughs> I was going to learn all about Bifika, but then I got high. It's that song in the one. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I like those, those are two of my songs. Sorry, Miss Jackson. I love those two songs because I got high, because I got high, because I got high. PZ would have scored a goal, but he got high. Woo. We could keep going, bro. I mean, Darwin would have had 30 goals, but then he got high. Yeah. And the ref was supposed to give us some penalty calls, but then he got high. He yeah. then he got high, and then he got high. Please. <laughs> what else, Dave? What other? What, what? What? What movie was? I mean, this is yo. Two thousand one is around the corner. Alfredo was a spry young man celebrating his birthday, watching Fidens get a shutout. I mean, Alfredo, any memories of that day? <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> What's a memorable day for 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 Florence? <laughs> they remember it. Uh, top movies at the box office that weekend was uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Wow, that's great. Never watched either of the twenty two Harry Potters. Not not a split second. But if you tell me it was the number one movie, I take your word for it. Only negative was Benfica was third place at that time back <sighs> on uh, November twenty fifth, two thousand and one. One point behind Porto and Boa Vista, and. Uh, they ultimately finished fourth that season, 12 points behind uh, Sporting's champions. So Oof. maybe a, there's some foreshadowing coming it's up. A, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing we're not in fourth place right now. Thankfully, we're in first place. Oof. All right, everyone. <laughs> and and as you probably have, have realized, <laughs> as you probably have realized already, uh, uh, that was a, a little bit of, of an attempt at comedy on, on our part. And, uh, and the reason for that is obviously because uh it's much better to laugh than 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 to cry right uh so uh i i kind of i felt we needed to do something different because you know why do we need depressing uh, podcasts uh but here we are um and again uh for those of you that didn't watch the game i, I hope we didn't mislead you uh but yeah uh 1-1 by benfica another miserable performance we're now in fourth place one point clear of, of fifth one, place one. who the hell scored no sorry 0-0 zero, zero. <laughs> i was going to say y'all i got, I got excited up, with all the darwin goals the jigs up bro you don't have to keep lying <laughs> He's like, what? We just spent 20 minutes on the last time they kept a clean sheet. And they're like, yeah, one, one. <laughs> oh, <Paul Fred. laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, caught up in the, yeah. you got it bad, Alfredo. You got it. You got it bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I thought there was a, 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 
a good idea to to make people laugh and i hope uh, we certainly uh, made you laugh but uh, now for for a little bit more more seriousness um a couple things on this on this friends game um and i'll start with the with the health and late uh substitution for for vlakodimus when nobody really saw that coming i don't think that vlakodimus played particularly bad before the arsenal game remember elton late came in in the arsenal game no, i don't think the he... game before that and uh, against Leiria, he, he made his way Leiria. yeah again, uh, not lady i'm sorry studio studio for the das of portugal semi-final ah, but das the, the das is is typical okay. that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the second guy gets okay, it okay. um he was already but... in net for morins was he not yeah, you uh, went from Leiria to Moreira. I mean, what the fuck? What's up with Leiria, bro? <laughs> you still got 2001 on your mind. That's when you're in Leiria. <laughs> yeah, let me um, let me just ask you this, Chris. Do you, do you think that it's it's a message by JJ um, trying to tell the players that, look, if you don't perform, there's another guy waiting to perform. He just picked the wrong target? No, absolutely not. I don't think it's a message. I don't think he's, you know, because to be realistic, it, it, Vlaco hasn't necessarily played bad, but if he hasn't been losing because of Vlaco, um, you know, and there's many people that are upset because they do believe that Vlaco is one of their better performers. But that being said, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised by the switch. Um, rewind the tape to the summer and I told you guys as many times as I possibly could that if Benfica had budget left, some money left in their budget that they would go out and, and get themselves a goalkeeper because JJ wasn't necessarily a Vlaco Dimos fan um, Vlaco Dimos is a tremendous goalkeeper in between the pipes he's got cat-like reflexes but is not that you know, that versatile with the ball on his feet um, and the one thing that I think that hinders his game is we can't come out for crosses. It's something we talked about here on the podcast since day one. It doesn't necessarily grab a lot of those. You know, he'll, he'll punch a lot of stuff out into danger zones. He'll, 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 you know, punch the ball into corners, giving the opposition another scoring opportunity. And I think, um, you know, a lot of you guys against that, that, that was it, uh, Sporting, a lot of you guys said that, you know, the goal wasn't necessarily his fault. There was only so much he could make. But the fact that he got his hand on the ball and he was weak with it and he was still able to parry it into the middle of the box and allow Sporting to pounce on it and, and take the lead late in the game. I, I Again, um, Alfredo, we talk a lot in private and, and you know, I'm not making this up. I, I wasn't a fan. I criticized that play. I mean, I believe it's somewhere on Twitter. So, again, it, it's not necessarily that he's played bad. It's not like he's deserved you know, uh, downgrade or he's deserved like some type of punishment. It's just Helton offers Benfica and offers JJ uh, a lot more of what it is that JJ looks for in a goalie. He's a little bit more comfortable with the ball at his feet. I mean, you can notice that. You can see that, you know, it, it's 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 very visible for anyone to watch. And the one thing um, that he does, you know, a, a better job of is he catches a lot of the crosses. He doesn't you know, give the possession back to the opposition. And so I think those are two things that are key for JJ. Um, and look, I was based on what I had heard in the offseason and, and early on in the season. I was surprised it took that long to be brutally honest with you guys. And I'm, I'm not trying to BS or trying to impress you guys. Alfredo, you know, yeah. um, I just think that, um, you know, he gives, he gives JJ that much conditions. Gives Benfica a little bit more assurances back there. And it's not to say that Vlakovic is a, is a bad goalkeeper. He's been terrific for Benfica. He's played his heart out. He's, he's, he's a nice dude. He's a really nice person. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, in today's football, goalkeepers need to, 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 you know, play high, be able to control the ball. And again, if you guys look back at Benfica, bring it back all the way to a block. All right. Years ago. Benfica's developed goalkeepers that could play with the ball at their feet, that can pick out a pass, right? Not just under pressure, boot it into the stands. The, that's the way that Benfica forms their goalkeepers. And, you know, that they kind of play in that old school, Alfredo. Uh, Dave's probably forgotten about this type of, but we're old enough to remember the sweeper role. You get what I'm saying, Alfredo? Yeah. Back in the days, we played with a stopper and a sweeper. And a lot of times, um, not a lot of times, but Benfica developed that type of, we've seen it with others and O'Block and everyone out, even Julius Cesar could do so. Um, you know, all the guys that have come before Vlaco Dimos and, 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 and after Artur is all been guys that could, 
come out of their box and Benfica is able to shorten the field because they play with that high line, especially yeah. under JJ, with the high line and squeeze the opposition in. And in order to do that, you need a goalkeeper that's very comfortable with the ball on his feet. And I think Helton um, gives 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 Benfica um, that that opportunity to to close things up and you know the ability to play with the ball at his feet and pick out a pass. And yeah. so I think he's a lot more comfortable. And I think that's ultimately why the decision's been made. It's um it's a prerequisite, right? When you play with that high line, you got to have a, a a keeper that can come off this line quite quickly and can handle stuff outside the box with his feet. Um, and, and certainly uh, Elton late, even though that I've seen him punt a lot of balls to, to outside or or through the touch line or whatever. Um, still, he he, he does, like Shannon mentioned, he is uh more comfortable with the ball at his feet. But they. And I'm sorry, our friend. Let's call a spade a spade real quick, right? He's Benfica is not necessarily not getting the results because of the goalkeeper situation. You know, ever since they made the switch to hell, and it's not like okay, damn, there's blunders. Benfica dropping points, you know, uh, because oh, Blackwoodimos was in goal. You know, I'm like, you saw a game uh, the, this week's this this weekend's game that just passed. He had a fantastic save one on one in the box. He showed the cat like reflexes, right? He that could have very easily been a goal. Benfica could have been down one nil, and then I mean, look, <laughs> as we know. It, it, it's it, everything around me figure right now is bad, but it could have been actually been even worse. Not that it could get any worse, but it's, it could have, you know what I mean? Like we're at rock bottom already, but it could have been even uglier. Um, so again, I just, I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Alfredo, it, it you know, Benfica is not getting the results because of the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. Right now, no. The reason why Benfica is not getting the results is, is very simple. It's because, our strikers and our whatever our, our attack has been non-existent. We went through a time where it took three goals to win every game. We're winning three, two, two, one. Like we needed, we were scoring goals, and our defense was well, you know, was the problem we had. We finally have we've we've adjusted that, and now it's like the pendulum swing. Right now we can't score, so now you know it's just a matter of getting both both you know the defensive end of things and the offensive end of things on the same page uh but right now it's 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 really not the defensive end it's it's our our players are nowhere to be seen when it comes to scoring goals yeah and uh for this 15th place um and had not had a clean sheet all season and, and they've also mentioned uh in 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 our joking segment that uh the the last time that France had a clean sheet, and granted, France has been away from from the Premier League, of course, but they've always at uh, November twenty fifth, two thousand two thousand one. That the clean sheet in uh, the Premier League, uh, they got a clean sheet last last year, uh, last February in the uh, second division, but this was their first clean sheet uh, in the uh, first division since two thousand and one. Yeah, that's right. So that's our, um, another, another two points loss. And, and we're now what, uh, 15, 16 points away from Sporting? Uh, and then 15, 15, we were 16 heading into the game. Well, I Sporting on a game in hand, but when the game, what ultimately we're 15 points away. Yeah. So in our joking segment, we were 15 points ahead, but look, we kept up the theme of 15 points, but unfortunately we're, we're, we're behind rather than in front. And, you know, this team is just, it's not playing well. The very few opportunities they're, they're creating, they're not putting him away. But, you know, Benfica played a decent first half, decent enough to go into the halftime with, at the bare minimum, a three to one lead. Let's call it, you know, I'll give they, you that. I'll they, give you that. They, they had an opportunity to score. And as I mentioned before, Helton came up big, but we're just, we're not pulling the ball in the back of the net. Um, I, I don't even know, man. It's, it's hard to watch this team play. Second half, we created some more opportunities. We just, you know, we, we're having a very difficult time um, scoring or final uh, finishing, I should say. And then, you know, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, Alfredo, we haven't paid much attention to this because Benfica has not really, you know, defended themselves well. And if they haven't performed to the point where we could defend them because their, 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 their performances have been disastrous, right? Especially when you consider the huge investment, all these players that we come in, the coaching staff, you know, the expectations, but, Ultimately, there was another penalty uh, on Rafa that went uncalled, uh, and then you see a game like yesterday in Football Club Porto where the kid Concession was 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 touched and he fell down. So, hey, look, you want to call that a penalty? And then in the what the ninety second when Tarapt goes into the box, I think it was like ninety second, whatever. Towards the end of the game, Tarapt there was a hip check on Tarapt, you know. So if you're gonna go based on contact in one game, there's so that, that's like two penalties. Um, Tavares could have also gotten called for a penalty, also. 
I must have missed that one. I'm not even trying to be, you know me, I'm not a homer because I got no problem calling a penalty on Benfica, but I don't, I don't remember that play. Yeah, the oh, one beginning he jumped, in the second he, half, right? Hey, the one he jumped inside the box, he jumped on top of the uh, attack. They didn't even. Oh, the I saw the that. Ball. No, no. If you go based on if you go based on the Porto rules, yeah, that's a penalty. But based <laughs> on everybody, else, that's I didn't think that was a. I, I, now I know. Yeah, I don't, there was very minimum contact. Uh, he jumped up. I don't think. I don't think. To me, just like I was fine with no the no call on Tarap, I was fine with the no call on that. I'm just being, you know, sarcastic, facetious here. Where you know, if you're gonna call that, I'm gonna say some. You, you can very easily call the hip check on, on a Delta Rap. And so the point of the matter is that you go week in, week out where there are plays that could very easily be called penalties in favor of Benfica. And I'm not crying out for penalties. I'm just giving, I have to mention this because you give Benfica, I remember a game again, guys, we're here. We got receipts, right? Go, go back on YouTube, go back on iTunes and, you you could retract back everything we've said. You go to a game, Santa Clara, where Benfica drew that game. There was a play in the box where Rafa crosses the ball. The defender had his arm up in the air like he was calling for a cab in New York City. Uh, ball deflects off his hand. Then go to VAR, no penalty. Yeah. You get a penalty there, which to me, in today's football, ball touches anyone in the arm inside the box is a penalty. They don't even care if you intended it to or not. It's a penalty. So you add two points to that. Then you have a Nacional, same thing, ball in a box, a ball in a box, hits the defender in the hand, clear penalty. Does it, That's four points. Uh, you have the one play that I'm still fabricated about. I'm still speechless about it, right? Christian, you still have to score the penalties, bro. I have some, but come on, <laughs> busy, man. He's a machina. That uh, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you get a play like at the Dragon, Benfica Football Club Porto, corner. I've seen 20 different replays. Well, same replay, but 20 times. I've seen it on repeat over and over. Ball looks like one, like one time I watched it the first time, it looks like it hits him in the arm. Then I've rewinded and it looks like it hits him in the shoulder. Then it, it, but the reason why I mentioned that play is because Sport TV has some technical difficulties and we've never seen another angle of that play. And I mentioned that because the very following game, the very next game, Benfica Sporting Braga, Semi-final, Tasa de Cerveja, penalty for Benfica, and some way, somehow, they find a way to get a camera behind PZ to take, there's a camera behind him, over him, as he's taking a penalty. Wait a minute, so, now, Sport TV can't give me another replay from the, but now they got this crazy technology that they got a guy basically on top of PZ's head filming. That was, you know, we know it's those air cameras. But the point is, there's plenty of other, uh, plenty of other instances where, you Benfica could have gotten a favorable call, right? And and but again, it was contact there. We're not asking for BS penalties like some of our opponents get. We're asking for legit penalties. And you're looking at another six to eight points. And we're talking about a difference of four penalties. We're not talking about a difference of 13 and 20 games. We're talking about four, but easy. There have been for sure four penalties. Easy. Not to go into everything. Else. Give Benfica another eight points. We're talking about Benfica in second place. We're talking about a total out, total different outlook on the season. The confidence in the players might be totally different than what, than what it is now. The pressure, we might not even be, you know, uh, that far away from first place because the total attitude, the mindset of the players and everything out, the coaching staff. But now Benfica is not playing up to expectations. The pressure keeps mounting. We're not getting those calls. And again, I'm not asking for a handout. I'm asking for a call. That's a call. Rafa, there was clear contact on his foot. That's a penalty. Doesn't get it. So I just think that right now it's the perfect storm. I think there's a very clear message being sent out in Portuguese football. We got to do everything we can to make sure that that party is a shit show. And you see Benfica in seven games outside another competition. They got five penalties. There's definitely, and again, we haven't played anywhere near to our capabilities to where we're dominant. We're, we're constantly pressuring in the opposition's final third. But, 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 but I just think the people that are ignoring that are people that are, I don't want to say content, but they don't mind that Benfica is failing just because they want to make sure that, you know, some people at the club look bad. By not mentioning that, they just, you know, I, I think you're doing Benfica a disservice. No one at the club has been anywhere near what we expected them to be at. But I, I, I think it just there's there's other factors surrounding um, 
our current situation. Again, as I mentioned before, just those four clear penalties, very clear penalties. Alfredo, you're 100% correct. They still have to be converted. But let's say they do. They, they, they are, in fact, converted. It's a totally different outlook on the season, and we're sitting here, um, not 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 as depressed the players. And at the end of the day, it's not even about me; it's about the confidence of a player. It's totally different. Stato, Maybe I, they're not playing as bad as they're playing now. Maybe. I'm only uh, yeah, I'm only going to subscribe to that argument because I know how it would have changed the the team's confidence. That's the only reason. And you bring up a great point. That's a I I think that's a great point, and I can't argue with that point. But that's the only thing that I can agree with in terms of your your argument. The fact that the team's confidence is probably at a very different level now if we had won those games, if we had converted those penalties, and if the title chase is a lot closer now between us, Sporting, and Porto and, and Braga. I, I give you that. I just think that you peel everything off, right? And And look... We're, we're not rookies, you and I, Christian. We've been here through the 80s. We've been here through the 90s. We saw what it was like during a Pit Dorad. We, we are familiar and that's still very present and vivid in our minds. Um, I just think that we got to play a lot better, but I do understand that the confidence would eventually get us to that point. But with all due respect, with all due respect, Benfica playing well. Or playing as bad as they've been playing has nothing to do, and it shouldn't affect the VAR. Get what no. I'm saying? That, no, I get like, it. Those are penalties. That should be arrasating, right? Killing everybody or playing as atrocious as, uh, as they've been. The VAR is not subjective based on one or the other. The VAR has to look at it. Is it a contact? Is it a penalty? Is it not? Regardless of the color of the team shirt. Regardless of the player, regardless of their form, is it a penalty or not? There are clear instances where there's been clear penalties in favor of Benfica that have been ignored. And all I'm saying is as bad as it is for Benfica, when a result, you win a game two to one with, a, again, not a bullshit penalty, with a penalty that did occur. There was contact or a handball. Now you're focused on, you know, wasn't the greatest of performances, but ultimately the important thing is to win these ugly games in December, January, February when times are tough in Portugal in the middle of the winter because not every game is going to be a walk in the park. But you know what? We got the three points on to the next. And maybe you start putting consecutive victory after we put three, four victories together. The spirits are lifted. The, the, the competition amongst one another, the confidence. I'm just saying, regardless of whether Benfica is playing well or not, it shouldn't affect the VAR decision. That's all I'm saying. Alfredo, you're 100% correct, and yeah. that's why I'm saying. Yeah. You haven't um, heard a lot of argument from Benficistas on the matter because we haven't played well. We haven't represented ourselves well enough. But it still shouldn't hide the fact that there's something very fishy going on in per Portuguese football at the moment. And the more we stay quiet and the more we accept it's just because we're playing bad, that's not an excuse for VAR, for their ineptitude, for their inability, for their, you know, to be biased. And they need to do their job regardless of who's on the field. So let's stop ignoring this because the more we ignore this and we sit by silently, it's just going to keep getting worse year after year. And then by the time you try to get, you know, you try to get a grasp of it, it's too far gone, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, the father of the VAR, as as uh, as the media are, are calling it, which was uh, which was a referee that uh, the Portuguese federate the Portuguese league hired to be the consultant uh, to implement the VAR uh, in Portuguese football. He came out today and he stated that in in the Ferenc game there was no penalty for Benfica. So take it as, as you will, but certainly if you're a conspiracy theorist and and I'm not one of them. But you could you could say that with the investment, with JJ coming in, with the inflammatory speech of vamos arrasar, vamos jogar o triple. How do we know that there's there isn't some underground forces that are conspiring so that Benfica wouldn't dominate this league? We don't know. I see. I. I it's, it's a lot tough. hard. It's a lot harder to go that route. No, I no, do no, no. But, but I just, I just, you might be right that ultimately what did it, what done everybody, what's done everybody in, was that speech by JJ. But I think that there's, 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 look, man, 
there's <laughs> and again I, I want to keep this about Benfica. I'm not trying to keep it about anybody else, but there's as I like to tell people often, um, don't take my word for it. Uh, don't listen to Alfredo, Dave. Don't listen to our boys at Benfica FM, Ubrinku. Don't listen to any of those guys. Don't even listen to the guys on Benfica TV, right? It's very simple. Watch the FN games. Watch that other club play, and you'll see. But we're, like you don't see if you don't want to watch it. Watch a player viciously attack, assault, headbutt, break another player's nose, and then just fast forward a week and you watch that guy miss one game for an assault on another player. He gets a one-game suspension. So for headbutting brutally some other player, you get the equivalent of two yellow cards. So if you bitch and complain at the referee, one time you get a yellow, and then you grab someone on a counterattack to stop the opposition from getting the equalizing goal, there's nothing brutal about that, right? But it's the rules. You get two yellows, you get a red card, you have to serve a one-game suspension. That's the equivalent of me going up to somebody and headbutting them and brutally breaking their nose. And if you think that those things are normal, oh, okay, then then I don't I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah, you got the other situation where Polinia saw his yellow card uh, revoked and he played against Benfica, and you got the same situation where Benfica attempted the same thing with Weigel for one that was that could have been another penalty, but instead Weigel got the yellow card, which ended up being his, his fifth yellow card, and then he sat the next game. Benfica tried uh, uh, for that red card to be called back, but it's 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 a very similar situation. Hey, look, but I don't want to two weights and two measures, Alfredo. Right? Exactly. I don't want to get into the other teams. I'm just I want to keep it on Benfica. Yeah. Right. And I know I've, let's, I've let's, gone let's, off a little um, bit, but I yeah, think let's move people. On. But just to, to finish off, I think people are, as I've said before, sitting silently through the whole process because they're not fans of the head coach. They didn't want the head coach. And to them at the end of the day, oh, well, you know, you're getting what you deserve. But as a Benfica fan, this is affecting Benfica. It's not just affecting a, a coach, a player, a president. It's affecting us. It's affecting our club. We're being attacked. And everybody's just sitting silently, you know, being okay with that. And again, because it doesn't Benfica change. are divided. It doesn't change the fact that we played horribly doesn't change that fact yep but if he are divided yeah they're divided by the president they're divided by the coach uh and when you have the benfiquista nation that's divided as cristiano mentioned a lot of them are sit idling by because they want that glorious moment of i told you so and it shouldn't be about that. It should be about Benfica. It should be about supporting Benfica. It should be about defending Benfica's best interests. It should be defending Benfica like as if Benfica was a member of your family, like if it was your daughter, like if it was your son, like if it was your father. And when you have the division that you have currently, it's hard to muster the energy to be able to defend something that you love, Look, but I rather be resentful to the guys that voted for Vieira or the guys that wanted JJ. It, it shouldn't, I shouldn't have to mention other teams at the end of the day. The, the, the only thing that myself and every other team, us fan base could say is like the rules should apply to everybody. It shouldn't be a different set of rules for team ABC and team D the rules should apply for everybody. And I'm not trying to single out our rivals up North. Um, but it, I'm just using examples of, of, of red cards in certain situations that I think that the league should, should up, you know, should upstand with those, with those regulations and not just make a case by case analysis. You know, when you attack someone, it's, it's, it's a three, four game suspension. It's not. And so when you see things like that, it, it's a little bit harder of a pill, of a pill to swallow. That's, that's just. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the uh, Arsenal game. We had a quite a, f a fun week last week with with troops and AFC TV talking about Arsenal, and and and, and sure enough, uh, I think that we were a lot more realistic about Benfica's playing and expectations than they were. They felt that they were they were going to 
beat us, albeit they thought that it was going to be a hard match. Uh, but if anything, com- if anything comes out of this, uh, this, uh, matchup is that Arsenal fans are super, super disappointed by the way their teams played. Um, because they couldn't put away their, their chances. Sounds familiar. Uh, but uh, I think that we look at this Benfica team and, and I gotta be honest, despite not being a, a great game for Benfica, there were some things that I, that I, that I enjoyed from that game, believe it or not. Um, Elton Late was in goal. Gonçalves and Grimaldo were the wingbacks. Verissimo, Otamendi, and Vertonghen. Uh, and something that I could understand. Um, but with Verissimo just one week of training and, and playing a European game, uh, I don't get that. Um, Weigel was, um, was in the midfield along with Pizzi Interrap, the, uh, uh, pyramid there, uh, and the mid, uh, in the midfield. And then Darwin and Walshmidt up front. Cristiano, I'll start with you. Verissimo, man. What would you what'd you think of the move? I thought he played well. He played uh, very well. I thought he played very well considering it was his debut, but I, I, I got to be brutally honest. Coming into the game, I was nervous. Uh, I didn't think it was the greatest idea to throw a guy into a game with such high, uh, de- you know, such high degree of difficulty. Um, you hear uh, the the rumors. You always hear the comparisons, right? That playing in, in Brazil, playing in South America is a different beast than playing in Europe. European football is totally different pace. And, you know, I, I would have liked uh, for, for Verissim to have made his, 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 his European debut the game before. Um, and then you want to throw him on to, to a game like that and go ahead. But I just think in his first game, um, you know, if things – because, look, considering the way Bifi had been playing – Arsenal's coming off an impressive victory over Leeds United over Miami with a hat trick and all. And I, there, there was a possibility um, that things could have gotten ugly. And so I thought throwing a player like that to make his European debut, if the games got ugly, his confidence would have been, you know, because you're human, right? Even going into that game, you're like, God, could I do this? You know, could I play in European football? And I don't want to look, athletes are ultra motivated and confident, but there's, you know, there's still those doubts in the back of your mind. And so I didn't want to lose a player, um, you know, due to confidence problems if things got bad. So I thought it was a I thought it was a risky, a risky move by Jorzeus. But you know what? This is the reason why we brought him from Flamengo, paid him the boats of money that we paid him. He, he pressed the right buttons. And, and I thought uh, we caught Arsenal by surprise with the three in the back because Benfica's played, even though at times they played with three in the back, but for most part of the season, they played with, you know, a 4-4-2 or four guys in the back. And I think it caught them by surprise. And credit to, to Verissim, his very first game, he was able to keep up with the likes of Obama Yang, you know, speedy guys. And, you know, Pepe came in afterwards and, and Smith Rowe and Saka and all those attacking Ceballos, who I think is, I just absolutely love watching them. Odegaard. I mean, they, they, they have a bunch of good players and to throw those three guys out there without any real experience playing together, real game time experience playing together. I thought that Otamendi, Vertonghen, and, 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 um, Vinicius played well. And I think they are to be commended for it. Dave, what'd you think of the game, bro? Yeah, I thought Verissimo did have a, a strong, uh, showing, but this is also, I wasn't too surprised because we've seen in the past, uh, the lineup, uh, past lineups that Fika has thrown out there in European competitions. Now, mind you, different coaches as well. And we all remember that, uh, Laj, uh, lineup he set out against Galatasaray where he fielded pretty, uh, pretty much a, a made in Seychelles, uh, clo- as close to, uh, made in Seychelles, uh, starting, uh, 11 lineup. So I'm not, too surprised that Verissimo uh, got the start. Um, kind of, maybe they were. They definitely were not expecting Benfica's um, lineup change from a four-four-two to a three-five-two. Um, but overall, wasn't overly impressed with with Benfica. It, it's been what they've. Uh, uh, been accustomed to playing as of lately, but I guess with a, a stronger uh, opponent like Arsenal, we can get away with playing like that and, and try to beat them on the counterattack or or try to get um, a, a goal or results from it compared to when we got to go and play these these monkeys like France and still play the exact same way uh, against a far more inferior or um, opponent. 
Yeah, I thought that Arsenal gave us way too much respect. And and for the most part of the game, I thought that both teams were pretty uh, stuck or fit in each other's systems um, because there wasn't much going on. A lot of the play was was happening in uh, in the midfield. Uh, so I thought that uh, I think that that Arsenal respected uh, Benfica way too much. But now we, we, we set up a, a second leg that ha- that happens this this Thursday, obviously, as we're recording this. Um, we're traveling to Greece to play the second leg against Arsenal. Arsenal has to feel um, that they were the better team in, in that in that first leg. They're going to come out to try to win the game, especially after their, their loss against Man, Man City, uh, to further... Uh, to further, uh, you know, really put their chances in, in, in the title, uh, or any places in Europe to, to further them, them down the line. Um, but Cristiano, I'll, I'll ask you this. How do you feel the approach is going to be, uh, by, uh, by Arsenal? Uh, and do you think that the fact that Benfica has been called out um, by the English media and, and, and some uh, known pundits as a, a very um, mediocre or, or bland you know, team. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you think this is going to serve as motivation for Benfica or do you <sighs> think that Arsenal is just going to come out, not give a shit about who Benfica is and going to go for this game? It's an interesting, there's a couple interesting storylines behind this. Uh, and I think a lot of it hinges on what happened in the first game. As a Benfiquista, I've said this over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and I could stay here all day saying over and over and over. Uh, we hope these players have some pride. We hope these players uh, have heard this criticism from from the English media and the, the international media. I hope that someone in the locker room has the balls to print this shit out and put it on every player's locker, print it out throughout the whole freaking locker room, let these players see that they are being talked about as an absolute circus, as an absolute weak opposition throughout European football. And maybe then we'll play with that garra that we, we pray so much one time this year when they play at the Dragon. Hopefully these guys come to play. As far as Arsenal, look, they're in a driver's seat, right? Uh, Befica's in it because it's a 1-1 draw. Um, anything can happen in a one game off. But at the end of the day, Arsenal be very content to 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 come away with a zero zero draw. They they have they're yeah. in a driver's seat. They got the one nothing lead because of the away goal. I think they will try to um, attack Fika. They're gonna try to score a nice a nice early goal to put the, to put this um, you know situation away. But at the same time, I think uh, Benfica will try to come on hit them on a counter. Benfica will we'll see a lot of what we saw early on in the first game where Benfica set back. It was a lot of Arsenal. Benfica just making sure that they were plugging up the holes and making sure that they were defending well first and foremost and then try to catch uh, Arsenal on the break. And then they got more comfortable as the game went along. You could tell after the 30th, 30th minute, 30, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the first half, Benfica started controlling the ball a little bit more, started spreading the ball around, started having a little bit more say of the game. In the second half, um, got an early goal, right? Early in the second half. And, but just too bad it wasn't enough time to even smoke a cigarette, right? Because Arsenal was able to get an equalizer. That being said, Arsenal had plenty of scoring opportunities in that game, but it took a lucky bounce off of Vigo's face in order for them to get their goal. So again, some positives for Benfica because, uh, look, it, it took, as I mentioned, a lucky bounce. They did have clear chance about my Yang. We saw this, guys. Alfredo, if you recall, Dave, if you guys recall, Taking it back to uh, Rui Vitoria, the year we lost to Borussia Dortmund in, in the quarter, whatever it was, the, in, in the Champions League. Um, first game, uh, Bamayin, I think, missed the penalty. Ederson saved it. He missed a bunch of chances. We go into Dortmund. We played a fantastic first half. And then the second half, we absolutely got demolished. It was like 4-0 or whatever. I'm hoping we don't see a repeat of this here. But, you know, I'm just thinking back then to the chances that Obama Yang missed, and it was the same thing here. He missed a bunch of them in the first half. Um, and Benfica got more comfortable. Um, ultimately, I thought Arsenal were a little bit better team. Um, but Benfica definitely has a say. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. We'll see what kind of respect Arteta gives Benfica. And again, as I mentioned before, Arsenal is in the driver's seat. They do command the, the away goal, right? They have the lead because of the away goal. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how they attack things. Dave, what are your expectations for this game, dude? 
Uh, I have zero confidence in if if an Arsenal team can't uh, can't beat us the way we're going right now, then God, they're even w- worse than we are at the the current moment. It's it's really I know we touched about this on the last podcast, but the parallels between both both historic and storied clubs, how both teams are are playing their their soccer and football this year is just awfully brutal and. If uh, Arsenal can't uh, can't put us away, then I'm I'm very shocked, and they're they're even worse than I expected. But uh, I'm not expecting us to pull through. Yeah, that's right. Um, after uh, after the Arsenal, we got Riwav. Uh, what's Riwav up to this uh, this year, Dave? Uh, Riwav is actually in ninth place this season. Let me bring this up here. Ninth place this season with 22 points from five wins, seven draws, eight losses. Uh, historically, we've got 48 wins, 11 draws, and five losses uh, against them. But as of late, we've had uh, Riwav's number. We've uh, won our last eight meetings against Riwav, and our last defeat came in uh, December 2017 in the uh, TASA quarterfinals. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that game comes up on the 1st, which is on Monday, uh, 2 p.m. or actually 2 p.m. here, 8 o'clock local at, uh, at Stade Luz. So we'll just, um, we'll have to see how that develops and, and how, uh, Befica does this Thursday. Um, I think the league right now is, is out of the question. You need to focus either on getting third place, which will get you to the pre-qualifiers or second place, which will get you directly in. Uh, but even second place is, is quite a, a, a distance away. Um, I don't know. I, you know, as a Benfica East and, and, and regardless of how bad the, the team is doing, I think that for me, at least, and I speak for myself, when I get up in the morning, um, the first thought that comes in my mind is that uh, is that Benfica is going to win or Benfica has a chance to win, regardless of the opposition. That's the way it's always been. That's the way um, that I've learned from from my parents and my, my father, my, my grandfather, who's who's passed on the, uh, the Benfica love to me. And, and that's regardless of the opposition, every morning that I get up before the game, I always think that Benfica has a has a chance. There hasn't been a morning a, a morning of a game where i thought there's no way we're going to we're going to win this game so um you know any given sunday as the saying goes so we'll um we'll just let let's see what happens with arsenal is important we need to put the balls away and they can't we can't go a whole season having this type of of inefficiency in front of goal i think that the, those tides will soon turn uh, hope it's not too uh, too late. Um, anyway, anything else that you guys want to say before we uh, part ways? At least we're not losing. <laughs> could be, could be worse. Maybe the worst is still yet to come. Cristiano, I got a headache. Okay. Cristiano wants to go back to two thousand and one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Two thousand one. Uh, in the middle of uh, Vietnam, I don't know about that, Dave. I don't know if I want to go back yeah, there. But was, um, was I tough. tell you, we were we were much closer to the top than we are today. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. Just one more thing before we go. Um, Benfica's anniversary, 117th anniversary, is this um, this Sunday. Um, Benfica Independent has a, uh, an event packed uh, day on their YouTube channel. Tune in. Um, there's going to be interviews uh, with, uh, with with players, former coaches. Uh, myself and Cristiano. Uh, we're involved in it. We're involved in it. Like we're, yeah. we're a part, Make we're a sure part of it. Make sure you check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. Yep. And there's, uh, there's other activities. So throughout the day on the YouTube channel, there's going to be events. Uh, so if you, if he's not playing on Sunday, if you got nothing else better to do, just tune in, uh, for some Benficism, uh, for some feel good. Uh, and I, I promise you will not be disappointed. Um, 
As for us, we'll be back next week. We'll recap this Arsenal game and Riwav game, and we'll look ahead to what's up next for Benfica. Um, I certainly hope that you enjoyed this podcast, especially the, the initial part. And I'm sure that we, we got things, uh, off on the right foot with, with some, some laughs. Uh, and I hope that you were able to enjoy that. Uh, for myself, Dave and Cristiano, until next week, take care and Forza Benfica. <laughs>